Hey, what's up, you sexy bitches, and welcome back to this week's episode of The Weekly D. And today, I've got one of my good friends, one of my good Judies, Andy Alvarado on. Andy is a friend of mine who I made on social media, like we all do with our poll friends, someone that I met through social media, and we wanted to talk about competitions, and we did an Instagram Live about it literally a few weeks back and the damn thing didn't save and I said to him do you know what we're going to do we're going to do a podcast about this and we pretty much just talk about competing what it's like to compete and yeah so if you're ever thinking about competing this is an episode that you have to listen to so this is the weekly d because honey if you ain't getting your d on the daily you should at least begin it once on the weekly if you're not getting any and you want some tea then come and join Dan up on the Weekly D. It's the Weekly D. Oh, hey, sexy bitch. It's this Andy, everyone. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Thanks for coming bitch. on my podcast. No, I need to know, okay. do you prefer Andrew or Andy? If I'm in trouble, I'm Andrew. If I'm oh. not in trouble, I'm Andy. That's how we track that. So if you call me Andrew, I'll know Dan's not happy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Perfect. I just, you know, when you sometimes you see people on social media or you like see them on their Facebook and it'll be like, Andrew here, Andy here. Um, so it was just like, oh, I wonder what you prefer. So you prefer Andy. Well, what do you prefer? Do you prefer Dan or Daniel? Because I, feel I like prefer, it's the same yeah, thing. it's the same thing with me because my name on Facebook is Daniel because that's my birth name. But yeah, but I mean, I prefer Dan. Dan. Some people call me Daniel. It doesn't bother me, but yeah, I prefer Dan. I just think so. It we're, we're, the, we're on the same page. We're on the same totally, page. Totally, totally. So I totally feel you. So welcome to my podcast. It's so nice to have you on. And today we're going to be talking about competing and all things competitions. But before we do that, tell everyone who's listening to this a little bit about yourself. We are friends through Instagram. For anyone listening, we've never met each other before. So all of our interactions have always been on social media and stuff, haven't they? Um, yes. But we get to meet soon. It's not far away say, now. We'll get to meet in Vegas soon. Yes, I can't wait. Um, so yes, we will get to meet soon, but I feel like I know you so well already. But yeah, tell people about you. Give us a little blurb on you so people know who you are. Um, well, I, my name is Sandra Alvarado. Um, I have been pole dancing. It'll be three years since my first class in November. November is something. I think it's like the, the 11th or something. I have, to, I, have, I have it written down. I've been pole dancing for almost three years. Um, I started teaching pole specifically like a month and a half into being a, a pole dancer, but I've been a dance teacher and dancer off the pole, pre-pole for my whole life, basically. Um, okay. I grew up in Boston. That's where I'm based out of. And um, I'm definitely a city boy. I mean, I live like in the outskirts of Boston. So it's more towards like the New Hampshire border, but I'm always in the city and I love to okay. travel and all that. But um, yeah, that's a little I bit. I swear about every time I see your Instagram, you're like on a beach somewhere with this like bejeweled thong on, living your best <laughs> life. I'm like, what the hell? You're always on holiday. I swear to God. What I took. So when you said, Oh, I love to travel and stuff, I was like, yes, yes, you do. <laughs> I've definitely <laughs> noticed that. But, um, so how did you get so good at pole dancing within three years? I'm just going to grab some paper so I can write these notes down on this. <laughs> Tell me how you did it. Cause I need to know three years and you're doing like spatchcocks and crazy shit. What the fuck? 
<laughs> um, I would say, honestly, I've just always been one of those people that like, when I really set my mind to something and I want something, I just, I just get it. Like I, I'm, um, very passionate about anything I put my, my mind and heart to, but I think having the dance background beforehand mm -hmm. really helped propel me into pole. And I was, I would say I was like dancer flexible, which if, which yeah. I feel like I would refer to just like above average, but nothing crazy. Like I didn't have like all the flexibility I have now, but I, I did have definitely an advantage on having like, you know, flexibility to a point, to a degree. And I just think having the dance background and a, a little flexibility and then being someone who like was always going to the gym and lifting weights and whatever, I just think having kind of the upper body strength here and the flexibility kind of, you know, almost there, I feel like that just is why I kind of took off with Paul. So the flexibility that you have, you got that already from dance. Did you have to have that for dance? I, I, yeah, I had it for, for dance, but I wasn't as flexible as I am now. Like I right. only had, let's see, when I, before pole, I only had my left split and that was it. Right. And okay. Yeah. I'm, I've definitely okay. gotten a lot more flexible, um, taking flexibility classes and whatnot and stretching since I started pole. And, um, random question, nothing to do with pole. Alvarado, is this Spanish? Where, where is this originally yeah, from? It's, it's funny. Cause when, when you had me do my little bio thing, I was actually going to just add into my whole like ethnicity background. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm Hispanic. I'm Mexican. My grandfather was born and raised in Mexico and moved to America and was first generation American. So my dad would have been second generation and okay. my grandfather and dad's first language was obviously Spanish. So, right. um, yeah, my, the, um, the pastiness comes from my mom, my mom's Irish. So that's what <laughs> throws that out of the mix. <laughs> okay. But, um, I'm not bilingual. People always ask like, Oh, are you bilingual? I'm not bilingual, but I, I can speak Spanish. I can, it's just very improper and very right. Broken. Street, like broken Spanish. Yeah. Broken split, yeah, broken Spanish, all the broken bro things. Yeah. All the broken things. I just, I always say to people that in the UK, we are so ignorant when it comes to languages. It's so frustrating because, and it also actually, you know, I'm trying to play the victim here. Like it's so hard for us. But honestly, when we go to a Spanish speaking country or so Germany is the best example because Germans speak good English most of the time. Most of the Germans I've ever met, they speak great English, probably better than me in some ways. They're really good. And, um, you know, I will go to Germany and the thing is, is that even if I tried to talk to them in German, they would notice that you're struggling and they'd be like, oh, do you want me to speak English? And they speak right. English. So there's never much motivation for us to learn because English is just such an international language, you know? So I find like I would love to learn Spanish because I think it's just the most beautiful language. It is. But it's beautiful. It's one of those things like when everyone speaks English around you, you have no chance to really practice. Do you know what I mean? Right. But yeah, well, so that's, that's why I can speak some of it. I mean, I'm, uh, another thing is I'm the youngest of five kids. So all my siblings, I'd say my, my eldest three siblings can, can speak it better than me because my, right. so my mom, even though my mom's Irish, um, she's bilingual also because she, wow. she studied in Spain when she was in college. So both of my parents spoke Spanish and English, even though one of them's Irish. But, um, so what happened is growing up, 
they would speak it kind of 50 50 with the, mm-hmm. the older three kids to try to get them cross trained, I guess, in both languages. <laughs> By the time four and five came around, like the fourth child and fifth child, they were like, okay, we can't do this anymore. It's just English for us. Like, this is just too much. They basically like gave up. So I still was around Spanish, Spanish speaking environments. But as you were saying, but if everyone starts speaking English, you kind of don't really have an opportunity to practice. But, um, but that's why my eldest three kind of speak it the best because they used it the most with them. So when, um, if, if you were in like a shop and people were talking in Spanish, would you be able to understand everything they're saying? Uh, yeah. So basically here's how I describe that. So if, if they, if the full sentence, if the full, if the full convo they were having is yes. And like later I'm going to meet you at the club and then get like a burrito and then blah, 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 blah. What I would pick out of that is their meeting later at a club. Like that's all I'd pick out. Right. Like I would okay. I'm not able to pick out every single detail, but I would understand right. definitely like the context of it. Right. Um, okay. And also on top of, uh, on top of being Hispanic and my dad being, you know, full on Mexican, he, he, both of my parents also were Spanish teachers at schools. Wow. Okay. Fine. So, <laughs> Really, by the time they got home, they were like over it. They were like, we're done yeah. teaching it. We're done. I'd be like, I'd be like, mom, like, how do you say blah, 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 blah. And she'd be like, shut up. <laughs> like, no, you're done. <laughs> I'm not talking any more Spanish today, bitch. So yeah. it's English yeah. only for No more Spanish for you, honey. <laughs> she'd be like, the only Spanish you can have is Christina Aguilera's Spanish album. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> so there's five of you, five siblings. Yeah. And are you the only gay one, if you mind me asking? <laughs> um, no, listen, I think, so, right, just to reiterate, y'all, um, me and Dan have never met in person, but I feel like, I feel like in another lifetime we have, though, because I feel like every t- every conversation we've ever had, it just is like this chaotic flow of energy, and I just love it, so. We're um, here to talk about competitions, I'm like, wow, you've got five brothers and sisters, are any of them gay? <laughs> no, all questions, I'm an open book, sweetie, um, no, I'm the only gay one allegedly okay allegedly allegedly well um, for now i've had my suspicions in the past no i'm and... just kidding <laughs> do you um you know do you have any problems did you have any problems you know coming out to the family and stuff and with the whole pole thing because my dad for me when i told him about pole my dad was like dan you're not gonna make money from pole like this is just a hobby it's like you can't do it as a job oh how we laugh now but um you know (laughs) but you know it's one of those things do you do you find did you find that difficult with your family yes so yeah that's a lot to unpack. Um, I'd say my, my, well, my dad stopped talking to me when I came out of the closet, which was years before Paul. So like, I don't even know where that motherfucker is, but he's, he's, he's somewhere gone. But, um, my mom is, has still been in the picture. And when I started Paul, so this was years after I came out, when I started Paul, um, my mom, let's just say she had a similar reaction that your dad had, but it was less about lucrativeness and more about like religiousness (laughs) like it was it was less to do with like oh you're not gonna make money it was less about that it was more like she was like no you're just a whore (laughs) oh no and i was like no judy you don't understand it you don't understand it's an art form like come on judes pull it together come on judy like i had to like break it down in spanish for her no um 
but after, after I would say like probably six to eight months into it, she started to realize that it actually was like an art form. And I would show her, I would show her like videos at home of like competitors and competitions and stuff like that. And she'd be like, you know, my, my mother, I got the dancing gene from her. She was uh, an apprentice dancer at Boston ballet um, in the oh, company okay. as a professional wow. ballerina at, at, you know, starting at a young age, she actually was the youngest member in the Boston Ballet Company because she was so talented that even though she wasn't 18, at 16, they were like, you're so talented, you belong with like the big kids, like the the, the big leagues. So I got that. So once I started showing her like competitions and stuff, and I think once she saw like all like the lines and, you know, like the gracefulness behind it, I think it kind of like somehow like the pole and like the ballet kind of like men in the middle. And she was like, oh, so this is like legitimate dance. Okay. Like I get it. I get it Yeah. Now. So it kind of was one of those. It's one of those situations, like even though, like sometimes we dance in heels and stuff, you get out the videos of people like Dmitry Politov and stuff. You say, "No, look, look, (laughs) this is trying to like prove the legitimacy of it," and you're like, "And they're like, oh, is that what you do?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, kinda." Yeah. Usually when I pull people out as an example, I usually don't pull Dimitri out because then I, if I show Dimitri, they'll be like, so do you have like a death wish? Um, right. <laughs> are you okay? Do you want to like hurt yourself? Like, are you, are you feeling okay? Do you need me to like call someone? Like <laughs> Dimitri is just next. Like, I don't even consider that man a pull. That, that man is just like, he's not even a man. He's just like, I don't even know, like a ninja. Like it's, He's like parkour meets pole, yeah, isn't he? Definitely yes, describe yes. his style. Very yeah. well said, darling. So who, who is your who is your go to to show people to be like this is what I do? Like you know, this is similar to what I do or what I want to do. And you know, who do you normally show people? I'd say when I was a beginner and I like wasn't good, I would show like a million people. <laughs> Once I started getting skills, now I just show, show video clips of myself. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yes. Well, because you don't have anything to really compare it to before. Like I would show clips of like Marlo Fiskin or like, like when I was, I'd show clips of Marlo and you and other people. I felt like you were, you were in my list of people. Well, because especially male representation, we'll get into that in a bit, but that's something that there also isn't a lot of. So it's, it's kind of this, this thing I experienced as a, as, as a beginner slash still to this day as an advanced pole or something I experienced. It's like once you tell someone you're a pole dancer as a guy, they like really don't get it. And then if you show them a, a you know, a video of like Marlo Fiskin or like Jeanine Butterfly or like, you know, a female polar, they're like, oh, this is like so graceful and so beautiful and so like sexy or erotic or like all mm. insert whatever positive adjective they'd like. And then the <laughs> moment you and you and me enter stage left, they're like, what the shit are these men doing here? Like what? Right. Like, they're like, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> and I think it's funny as well. Do you, I don't know if uh, this will, uh, we got to be really careful what we say here. Cause we're trying, me, me and Andy are trying to not get canceled on this show today. <laughs> but like, I'm trying to not um, get canceled every day of the week. Point blank. Yeah. Point blank period. Um, I feel like there is, it's very easy to tell when you see a gay male pole dancer and a straight male pole dancer. It's like we were talking about Dimitri, you know, I could show people videos of him, but I don't move like him because I'm a different type of dancer. Mm -hmm. But I don't, you know, it's like Gomez pole is one of them. Um, Juan Palacino, again, they all move like, like straight men in a sense that's very Mm -hmm. parkour pole style. 
And um, a lot of the gay men tend to be a lot more dancier, I find. We tend to have a little bit more of a flowier movement. Now, that's such a generalisation to make. I'm sure there is probably some gay guy out there who is parkour style, maybe. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Probably, probably not. Um, no. <laughs> no, I'm like, no. I can't think is, of one, literally, well, off the, the top of my head. Right. I can't like, think it, of seems, it seems like a generalisation and it seems like a stereotype, but it honestly is genuinely true. And actually you saying the whole, bringing the whole parkour thing up actually resonates really close to home with me because actually mm. one of my brothers does parkour and he's, oh, okay. he, him and I never took gymnastics growing up. That's the thing. Like anyone who is a gymnast before Paul, I hate you. Um, oh, no. <laughs> because it's like, oh you, had God, such an so you had such an advantage on all of us because like, you're used to being upside down and flipping and just like trusting that you're going to catch yourself. And not just that, but the flexibility, the contortion, all that. But not to go on a side tangent, um, shout out to the gymnasts out there, but also we don't like you. Um, you can't yeah, sit with us. Yeah, we love you, but we also hate you. We love you, way. but you can't sit with us. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it actually, what you said resonates a lot with me because my brother does parkour, right? So he'll do flips off of things, you know, tucks, you know, whatever. And it gets really hard in my family, in my immediate family, and in my extended family, because what will happen is like, especially because my eldest brother... Um, He's supportive now of me being out and me being gay, but let's just say it took a while for him and his wife to come around. Um, they're both, you know, super religious and go to church every Sunday and, you know, the whole bit. Um, but I'm bringing this up because what'll happen is in, in family settings, right? What'll happen is my mom and my bro eldest brother will be like, oh, like to my, my niece and nephew, look at Uncle David do this. Look at him doing these, like these flips and these like whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then like, they very intentionally, like on purpose, are like, and Uncle Andy, we don't talk about him, <laughs> like, like because it can, like, it is, it is generalized, but also sometimes stereotypes and generalizations can be accurate, like what you're talking about with like the straight versus like the the gay pole dancers. It, it it's true because unfortunately, the moment that like you start to not fit in that box of like straight masculine the yeah. whole you know bit that's when people start to have issues so it's interesting because like my brother does parkour and does gymnastics and whatnot but like my family at the end of the day respects him more on a talent level than me mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's difficult it can, it can be difficult sometimes yeah it's do you um this is going to actually kind of tie in a way. You know, do you feel like what pushes you with competitions and wanting to be really good at pole? Do you think that is what's pushing it? Is the whole sort of like not competing against your brother, but trying to prove the legitimacy to your family that actually what you do is just as hard as what your brother does? Do you think there's anything there? Um, no. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, 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 but that, that's an actual, that's a really valid question. And you know what? I'm, I'm honestly, I'm genuinely surprised that that's not my motivation and my motive. But um, I think the reason why is just my family growing up was not like none of them were accepting of me being gay growing up. So I think when you, ha when you live in like an unstable, unsupportive like family and you know, that doesn't really, you know, essentially support you from a young age from when you're groomed that way from a young age, you're no longer, you're never ever going to look for anyone's approval or anyone's um, respect because you you never had it. 
Right. So I, I, I never, I've never once thought about, oh, I have to make it with this project. So my family like, like appreciates it or respects it because I've just, I lived more than half of my life without respect or any of that or admiration. So for me, it's at the end of the day, it's for me. It's for me, not for um, anyone else. That's good though. I think, you know, that's, that's how it should be. You should only really do it for yourself anyway. Sorry, we really went off on a tangent there, didn't we? That was totally my fault. I just was intrigued to know whilst we were talking about it, but we're here no, to talk about You know about what? You know what? Let's, let's bring it, let's bring it back to Dan's question, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so are you the yeah. only gay one? <laughs> yeah. So in your, talking of, you know, being the only gay one in your studio, are you the only guy? Are you the only, yes. you're the only guy? Yes, okay. I'm the I'm the only I'm they only um they only had one male instructor ever um before me and this was I never met this person because this was that many years ago. This was like ten like a decade ago. Um what I have no idea. I've never even met him. Like, I, I have no idea. Um he's not like yeah, I don't think he doesn't have social media, he doesn't have an account, he's not prominent in the scene. Um, I think he actually ended up getting fired, but, um, I'm only the, I'm, I'm the second and only male instructor at my studio. Okay. So which, when did you which start? Has its, oh. Which has its downsides. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. And we'll definitely get into that. But when did you start competing? So let's, let's move to the competition talk because okay. that's really why we're here. But when did you, when did you start competing? What was your first experience of competing? My first competition, it'll be a year ago, also in November. So I was two years into pole and first competition. Okay. And then, so it was last did, November. How did you get on? Did you play? So what was your experience of it? Can you remember much of it? Of course. I, yeah, I, li I live for the applause as Lady Gaga would say. Um, <laughs> so um, no, I, um, you know, people were telling me, oh, you should start like, at whatever level and you should do this or you should do that. And I was like, um, I'm going to do me and I want to do championship. I want to do like, I want, I I'm very competitive as a person, like outside of pole, just personality wise. So I like to go, I'm just, I'm one of those people. Like when I go in, I go in. So I did level five. I got first place, but was not very happy about getting first place because the only reason why I got first place was because there was no other men competing in that cat in, in level five championship last year. So I got first place oh. just for, so I could have fallen on my face and gotten first place. So I was not, I was not happy about that because I was like, damn it. Like, well, cause I really put my heart and soul into that performance and it was a really good performance. I did, you know, I did a bunch of big moves. I did like Phoenix, Bird of Paradise, Avanji. Like I did a lot of big tricks for someone who's only two years into pole. And, mm -hmm. um, I was just, I remember being so upset. I'm like, where are all the other guys? And like the, the registration lady was like, you're the only guy in this category. And I was like, shit. Like I like wanted to take like my little trophy they gave me and like smash it on like the fucking wall. I'm like, I don't want this. It doesn't, cause I mean, it means you know, nothing. Just, it means nothing. I want to burn it. Uh, no, but like at the same time, I also had to take a step back and go, no, it also does mean something because mm -hmm. the facts, the facts is in the US that is, there's not a lot of super advanced male pole dancers in America. There really isn't. So I kind of had to take a step back and be like, you know what, you do deserve this because um, for instance, I was just at nationals, right? And um, 
all the men who competed against me, none of them live in the New England area. So in terms of like where all, you know, the more advanced polars are from, I'm like essentially like the only super advanced male pole dancer in New England. So like Boston East coast area, um, which is, which is kind of like, you know, that's why at first I was really mad about the trophy, but then I was like, you know what? I'm kind of proud of it because I was like, it just goes to show that there's not a lot of super advanced men in America that do pole that are going to be going to like level five championship. So, yeah. And all the men I competed against in nationals, none of them were, one of them was from Chicago. One of them was from like Illinois. And then the rest of them were from like LA. So it's like, you know, complete other side of the country. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, this is the thing, right? We don't have just singing, as you said about it, we don't have loads of men here either. Like it's definitely something that it's, it's really funny. Cause I have two, two guys who come to my classes and they're straight guys and they're just really cool, like rocker type dudes. They've got long hair, beards, and they just come for some fun. And like, they're really good actually. And I think they really enjoy it. Um, but they don't give a fuck when anyone thinks of them. Whereas most guys, especially around where I live, it's very much that toxic masculinity style. Just, ugh, just, yeah, horrible, like straight yeah. guys. And, um, uh, they, where they just see a guy on the pole and they'd be like, oh, gay. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, it's, yeah, it's definitely got its stigma attached to it. I mean, as a guy competing in pole, how would you feel about competing against the women? You know, it's funny because when I first saw, like, because it was my first competition last year, when I was first registering and I saw that the, the sexes were segregated, I actually didn't know that that was the thing because I was, I'm still, you know, I was so new to, new to it slash I still am so new to it. Um, and I remember just thinking, mm, why? Like, why? 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 Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think part of me, Part of me, I think I can understand the concept of why someone would think to do that. But at the end of the day, I think it's a little stupid because um, I don't think it ever, I think it's, I think it's a little old. I think the mentality is a little old. I think that like the stereotype is like, well, women are more flexible and men are stronger. So it should be, it's not fair to put a guy next to a girl because he's going to be stronger than her. And then it's not going to be fair because she's going to be more flexible than him. I'm like, um... Not necessarily. It depends on the yeah. person. Um, I don't know. I, I would have no problem if it was um, combined. I would have no problem if it was combined. If if anything, I, I always say to the females at competitions, I always say, I feel so bad for you guys because yeah. there's just so much more competition with women against women because so many more women do pull than men. But at the same time, it's almost, you know, you could look at it either way. It's, it can almost sometimes be a, a harder also to be a guy. And there's like only like, for instance, at nationals, there was only six, six guys at nationals, but then like the women's nationals, there's like a million. So it's like, right. I don't know. And then it's like, there's always going to be politics. Like maybe a judge just straight up liked someone's like, the way they looked more, let alone like the way they like, let alone skill. Like maybe they just straight up preferred someone's appearance or maybe they preferred someone's song or maybe they preferred when someone used a prop and I'm like over here, like hanging myself. I'm like, you why would you do that? Um, but no, um, 
I don't know. So to answer your question, I don't, I would not have a problem having the sexes integrated for a competition. I also think it's interesting, especially in America, um, from just from an outsider's point of view, um, America for the UK is very much a lot more woke than we are. Um, like we're pretty woke here as well, but America is definitely a lot more woke than us. And it makes me think, I find it odd that they do have a men's and women's because what about, you know, non-binary people, trans people, yeah. you know, where's the inclusive inclusivity. <laughs> and it just makes me think where, where, do, what's their, um, where is their space? You know, where can they? So I find that really odd. I, I didn't even think about that until literally just then. I was just like, well, actually, what about, you know, non-binary people or people? Yeah, who I've, I've definitely, I've definitely thought about that as well. Like I've, I've thought like, mm, like that's kind of, well, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to just not compete? Like, that's not fair. Right. Um, it is funny because I, I think, I think that, from someone from, you know, the UK, someone international. I think it is funny because I feel like the, the, <laughs> the way that America sometimes presents itself is that it's, you know, as you're saying, so woke and so this and so that, um, kind of just to pinball off of what, what, what you're saying about that. It's a little funny to me sometimes though, because gay marriage in America was legalized only a couple of years ago. And depending on who becomes president, their administration actively, if they're against it, will actively try to remove that right away. And it's funny because it's like, well, it's not funny, but it's, I'd say it's ironic. I'd say, I'd say it's ironic that like, you know, it's the whole, oh yeah, we seem so woke. And it's like, well, really sometimes it can feel like medieval times, to be honest, because I think, the whole I think I mean more within the pole community. I think as a whole, it's very split. I mean, you'll have people who are, you know, you know, the whole Roe versus Wade thing. I mean, over here, everyone's yeah, just that's like, what, I'm what saying, the yeah. fuck? Like, we're just like, whoa, like, how is that even yeah. happening? But then I, it just, so for example, whenever people get upset about things like on um, polos, especially, we always notice it tends to be American people that get upset or, you know, are really kicking off about things. It's just been a pattern that we'd notice, myself and Nadia, we'd both notice that, you know, it's, it tends to always be American people who have, you know, kicked off about something or I've gotten upset or, you know, about something being not, you know, quite right. And uh, so that's why I said I've, I've always gotten the vibe that the American um, poll community have been quite woke. So that's why I was a bit like, oh, that's really right. odd. They don't have the inclusivity. You know, that inclusivity. Yeah, the for inclusivity, sure. Yeah. Oh, hey, babe. Sorry to interrupt. It's just me real quick. Do you ever have times where you're sat at home and you're thinking, oh, I wish my shoulder mount was stronger or I wish I could shoulder mount or I wish I could do an invert or I wish I was able to do an INX. Well, let me help you. Come over and give my online strength and conditioning program a try. This is a program you can do from the comfort of your own home. All you need is a pole and a rocking attitude and you'll be able to take class with me. We do three live classes every week and you can catch up on hundreds of videos which are already on the site. So make sure you check out the Pole Destroyers. See you there. I think competitions have so many things that we could discuss about it. But one thing that I do want to sort of segue into was about what it takes now to 
create a winning routine and to create uh, a competition piece that is going to stand up for the rest. Because I tell you now, when I started competing, I remember doing a Phoenix um, and people lost their shit. They were like, oh my God, we've not seen people doing this before, let alone a guy. And it was new. It was a new move. Hardly anyone in the UK could do it. So it was just like, well, I can do this move. I'm going to put it into a competition routine. And people went crazy for it. And now it's like Phoenix. So who cares? It's a fucking Phoenix. Like, you know what I mean? Can you can you triple back tuck out of it? Do you know, if not, we don't care. <laughs> do you know no. what I mean? How, how literally, do you literally. <laughs> well, it's funny because not only do not only do I <laughs> okay. So being someone who's only it'll be my three year anniversary in November. What's funny is I haven't even been in the community as long as you have to see that kind of reaction. But mm -hmm. what's funny is kind of taking a step back from the public within myself is just like me. What's funny is I remember when I got my first Phoenix, I was like, I'm such a badass. I can do this fucking amazing move and blah, 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 blah. And like a month later, I was like, this is not impressive. Everyone can Phoenix this. Like literally, like, it's just funny. Cause like what, even whether it's the community or not, like sometimes just with yourself, Sometimes I do kind of forget to give myself credit sometimes because what you're saying is completely right. Like things, th I think that, I think that honestly, I, and this is just, and I want your opinion on this because I wouldn't know you've been in the game for so much longer. What my educated guess is, is probably when Paul started, it was probably people who either had zero dance background or some dance background and then they started you know this new craft and you know marlo fiskin patenting bird of paradise and, like all these people creating all these moves and then fast forward i feel like then once it became mainstream and well relatively it's still not mainstream in america at all it's still very scrutinized but once it became relatively mainstream i feel like all the gymnasts and parkour parkour people found it and when you have an advantage like that how can you top that as someone who's not, who doesn't do gymnastics or parkour? You can't top it. You just can't. So like all those people who, as, as you're saying, like do like parkour meets like pole or gymnastics meets pole. And it's like, yeah, you did a Phoenix, but did you do like a triple back flip out of it? Oh, we don't care. I, I totally, that resonates a lot with me. Cause sometimes like I see this crazy shit and I'm like, oh, I'm such a, like, I, we all can have weak moments. Like I'm, a, I know I'm a very, you know, like confident and, um, advanced polar but i even have my moments where i'm like i'm trash because like you just see like these <laughs> polars doing things that are just like i don't even know i feel like eventually it doesn't even become pole anymore like it, it becomes like just Bye. gymnastics and i'm like well i never took gymnastics growing up so i can't do that <laughs> but then i have noticed a little bit of a shift in some ways because i've noticed that you know, Marlo Fiskin, I mean, you use her as an example. So I want to go back to Marlo. And people like even Yvonne Smink, who are creating a lot of very much like art, artistic movement. You know, Marlo obviously does some really advanced tricks, but she's not a trickster. She's not known for being a trickster, right. yet she's got such a massive following of people she's so popular she's won competition she's done really well she doesn't well i mean maybe she does have gymnastic background i don't think she does i think it was just dance but you know she has a dance background and there's 
One thing I have noticed is that actually sometimes the gymnastic style, it doesn't always correlate because sometimes when people are doing just trick, trick, trick and they're back flip and they're front flip and they're like catch on the pole and do it can sometimes get a bit too much. And I find that sometimes with men. Um, sometimes when you see a man, you can just clearly tell they they know a few flips and they thought, right, I'm going to do this on the pole and I'm going to enter a competition. But they can't piece a routine together. Right. So I feel like, yeah, I agree with you. Definitely it has that a bit of an advantage. Um, but I think there's also probably a slight disadvantage in the sense that they haven't got the dance background necessarily. You know, right. their version of dance is obviously what they do on the, on the, the floor work routines. It's not really dance, is it? And then you could say that people like, you know, yourself, Marlo, people who have been dancers for many years, maybe don't have the gymnastic element, you know, and then I guess there's people like rhythmic gymnasts who maybe are just <laughs> going to nail all of it because they've kind of got all of the elements really exactly, the dance yeah. and the flexibility and the strength. But, yeah, it's a really, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I, I think to create a, a winning competition now, having the tricks is not enough. I just don't think it is. I think, it's, it's yes. Not, it's not enough. It's just not. I, just, I know it's not because I've seen it more often than not that, you know, no. the big tricksters aren't winning because they're not able to perform. So I think for me, what creates a winning competition is being able to just have all of the elements, to be able to have enough tricks, enough performance, enough, you know, of that stage presence, that sort right. of like aura that you have on stage. There's something about someone being on stage and commanding presence. And I talk about this a lot when it comes to Una Cavella. Una Cavella, amazing trickster, of course, but Una knows how to command a stage. When she's on stage, you don't take your eyes off her because of the way she looks at people and the way that she performs. People are just transfixed with her and they're like, whoa, like, oh my God, I need to keep watching because she just, she oozes confidence. Um, and I think that helps a lot. And it's fine. And that's something you can't teach. I don't, lots of people say to me like, oh, I need help with my stage presence. I'm like, I can give you some tips, but it's one of those things like you've either got it or you don't. I tell you now, mm -hmm. my first competition I got on stage and I just gave it because I'm a performer and I just naturally know how to put on a show. It's in me. I just feel like with some people, it's just not in them, you know, and I think it takes a lot. So actually for people like that, when I train them, what I do is we choreograph stage presence moments. For example, right. if they're like climbing the pole and they're in a cupid, I'll be like, right, I want you to look towards the audience. I want you to reach towards the audience or I want you to do this or I want you to look at right. the judges at this adding, point. And adding, and, and you can't use with, you can't really use the word dance with non-dancers because then they get like intimidated by it. But you have to add, as you're saying, elements. Like, you know, if yeah. you're with a dancer, you can be like, okay, so we need to maybe do like this or that. But like for people who are like, don't dance off the pole, and you have to be very specific about how you word things. Um, yeah. And yeah, we have to add like a movement here and uh, mm -hmm. something here. Um, right. What's funny, what's funny is what I've noticed um, doing competitions, you know, in front of all pole dancers and the judges are pole dancers versus doing performances at like gigs. I've noticed that when I do performances at gigs, just like, as you're saying, like the aura, because like being a dancer for so many years off of a pole, I, I, I know how to tap into that like stage presence, like everyone look at me moment, but sometimes I can lose, lose it a little bit competing, but I don't ever lose it when I'm polling at a gig. And here's why I think that is the case, because I think when you're 
and this is just something that comes with the turf of being a new polar being something about being in a room filled with people who do your craft and understand your craft mm-hmm. and will know if you mess up and will see every micro tiny little thing is just yeah. so intimidating but being in like a, a more of a crowd that just appreciates anything you do on the pole you just walk around it and they're like woo like you know whatever doing doing something doing a performance in that setting i will exude more you know i might display the same level of talent on the pole either way but i'll definitely exude more of that energy you're talking about because it's you don't you're not you don't feel as much like you're under a microscope because right. that that's like something that i'm i'm going to try really hard to fix with my next routine because i'm going to compete again in november i have like 2 months to put another routine together um so no breaks for me, but um, I'm hoping to. I'm hoping that this this time, what I noticed with both of my previous routines is I had all the tricks. I did all the things. I was doing the strength moves, the flexibility moves, the the dance transitions in between. But I think, and and one of the judges put this on on my notes back that I got back from um, the competition is I think sometimes. I can lose like the, there can be a disconnect almost because it's like I'm focusing so much on the what i'm doing that right the, the difficult thing about being a polar is you have to be like you have to it has to look like you're relaxed you can't you can't show that you're like ah like like in the whole combo um so that's definitely something i'm gonna try to be working on with my next competition is just bringing as you're saying more of that presence because being a dancer off the pole i know that i know how to tap into that but it can be so difficult when you're just like everyone here does pull and speaks pull and gets pull and they all like, they all know everything and there's judges at a table and like the whole thing. Yeah. I know what you mean. I think, yeah, it's a real tough one. There's so many different elements to it. I think as well, like one thing that really affects how well you're going to do when it comes to competitions is, you know, how well you know people who sometimes people would maybe agree or disagree with this but I think it's definitely a case of it's not you know it's not what you know it's who you know and this Mm -hmm. is this is the part now where maybe gets a little bit controversial because I've said this for a long time you know you'll see people entering competitions who are friends with the judges and all of a sudden they place and you're like "Mm." and then you'll be a bit like I don't know that they should have placed so how did they place and then it's it leads that sort of question of like this is why I dropped out of judging so for anyone who has wondered why I they haven't seen me at a competition judging in ages and I used to do all of them pretty much is because it's just too much um you know i'm way too involved with the industry especially in the uk to be able to judge i you know so many of the people that are you know competing at these comms and doing well are people that i train and the thing is is that if i then judge them and they do well it looks really dodgy and it's happened to me so many Mm -hmm. times and i've thought you know i don't know how to approach this without it looking like it's my bias and that I've made them win because mm-hmm. they're, if anything, actually, I would say I'm harsher on the people that I train because um, I want them to be doing their best performance on stage. And if they don't, I, ju- I mark them down for it. But, you know, w- what do you think about that side of the industry and people, you know, um, people kind of having that advantage of knowing people or I do you think, think that's an issue? It- 
a hundred percent is an issue. One hundred percent. Without naming names, I know um, <laughs> people who who judge competitions who will be judging, as you're saying, exactly what you said, like their students, and it's like it's not fair at all to the other people who are like traveling from like Montreal or traveling from like, you know, any other place. And like, you don't, you don't know this person and you're just going to be like, Oh, like they did a move. Oh, cute. Oh, here comes like my student. Oh, I'm so proud of them. Like it's, it's a, it's a direct bias. And, and it's, and from what I've seen, it's not even subtle. Like they don't even try to be subtle about it. Like, and then they'll have like the, I think another thing that plays into judges scoring is honestly audience reactions. That is another thing that, that plays uh. into it. And what I've noticed is I'll see like someone competing from whatever studio and they'll bring like their entire studio with them to competition. And like, they'll just be screaming the whole entire time that they're on stage. And then like the coach is also one of the judges. So like when you have that much, you know, of that it, it can at that point be like oh so it's not actually about talent it's just about like clout about like social clout i think i think as well like so many of the people who because i've seen people defend it before and you know i've done it also um and you know the idea is that when we're when we're judging we try to be as um unbiased as possible whether it's a student of ours you know or not you know, even even to the point of knowing someone, you know, sometimes if I know someone and I know what they're capable of, you know, or I like them or they're a friend of mine, it's sometimes really difficult. Now, you know, I say to you now that I am an unbiased judge, but the problem is, is you're never truly unbiased because mm-hmm. without, you know, if they're your friends, you already like their style because you're friends with them, or whatever, you know, their, their style is right up your alley. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be, there's going to be a bias there, whether it's intentional or not. Yeah, whether it's subconscious know. or not. Yeah. Exactly. And I think a lot of it is subconscious, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To the point where I've seen people, you know, do really well and the judges have said, oh, you know, we're not biased, we're not biased. But actually I think, you know, maybe they subconsciously are biased and they just don't realize they are. I mean, do you get issues with that in the US? Yeah. And I think something else that can be difficult is, um, and this is something I wrote down, like I'm looking at my notes because like we're like ping ping ponging into like some, something I wrote down is, yeah, I think that that the bias thing can be a thing. And then when that person places um, and, you know, gets the medal, I think that there is a bit of a culture in the poll community that I, don't like which is kind of like if you don't have a medal like you're not talented or legitimate and mm-hmm. i really hate that because at the end of the Do day you feel that way though see i don't know that it is like that because there's so many people now that get workshops and stuff and have massive followings who barely compete look at marlo when was the last time you saw marlo do a competition yeah, but I think it's it's it also just depends on the following too. Like if you have a huge yeah. following, it doesn't really matter if you ever compete again or not. Like Mar- Marlo, like she she has like her own brand, you know. Uh, you know, being being a, a I'd say being like a young early polar. I'd say more mm. more like more like in the new in the for the new for the newbies out there, my newbie polars yeah. out there. I the think that polls, there yeah, can yeah. be a little bit of an attitude towards the relatively new people that is kind of like, well, if you don't have a medal, like you can't sit with us kind of thing. And what annoys me about that is when it comes down to moments that we're talking about, like a bias moment, or even if they don't know the polar at all, but someone happened to like, as part of their routine, like 
and I'm not talking about artistic or dramatic level. I'm talking about like championship level or if someone like comes out and like hugs a picture and then like does their routine and then like hugs the picture again. And it looks like there's like a dead person on it or something like that. At that point, it's no longer about talent. It's like, a, a, it's almost becomes like sentiments. It's like, Oh, like that was like sweet. And then at that point it's, it feels a little more like theatrical than like talent based. Well, because then it almost leads into that, you know, like on America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent, when people tell a stop story at the beginning, and then... No, literally, literally. And then, like, they're like, oh, you know, I don't know, like, my dog died or whatever, and then (laughs) I decided... I'm doing this routine for my dog and then they go into this routine and then they get the golden buzzer and it says big build. Yeah. So, so you're trying to say that you think that people shouldn't be allowed to do things like that. In championship. Yes. That's why like in America, like for PSO, like we have dramatic level and artistic level and all these like other that are like meant for that. Like it's meant for the theatrics of it all, but in championship, I don't think it should be allowed. And I, it's, it's no secret that I was really um, bummed about the results of my last competition. Um, I'm not like salty about it. I'm more, I would say it was a learning curve because I think what I was so focused on with my last competition is kind of something you said earlier was I was just so focused on making sure I had enough tricks in it, making sure I did all the big moves. I was like, I have to whip out my spatchcock and do this and do that, you know, all that, which I did. And I thought that that would like secure me like a place on a talent scale. And then there was someone who ended up doing like props and like a whole thing. And then at that point I was like, okay, so maybe I should have just brought my diary on stage and been like, so here's when I came out to my dad and here's what he had to say to me. Like if, it, if we were going for like a sob story type of thing, I totally agree with you. It can be, it can, it literally, I, I felt the exact way you're feeling. I felt like the whole like America's got talent. Like I'm just like a girl from like, Oklahoma. I've been homeless for like three years. I've just been like trying to like climb up the ladder for like the, it like feels like a little bit like that at some point. And that's why with my next competition, I was telling you, I think I need to work more on just the stage presence than like the trick, trick, tricks, because I was like, I guess it doesn't matter. Like I was like, I guess it fucking doesn't matter, I guess. Like, and that's something I think that's also evolved is I think what you were saying earlier is like you did a Phoenix and everyone, you know, back, everyone's like, Ooh, I think, there's been an evolution where it's almost not even, it's not always about the tricks. I think it also, and this is why sometimes it depends on the judges. Like what if it was a bunch of judges that were tricksters and not like theatrical? Do you know what I mean? They'd be like, Oh, well that guy pulled out a picture and hugged it, but this other guy did spatchcock. And that's obviously harder than hugging a picture. Like maybe they would respect that more. So it does kind of become a little, as you're saying, like whether it's intentional or not, it becomes a little subjective to like what your personal preference is. Um, Yeah. And something that, I'm definitely going to do with my next, if, if I make it to nationals again, I don't like to be ahead, to be ahead of myself. You know, if I make it back to nationals, um, something that I'm definitely that I've noticed is, and I wrote this down. Um, I think it's a big mistake. And I think this was just a rookie move. Like, I think like if, if like you and I were neighbors, I feel like you would have been like, Andy, don't do that. But I feel like this was like a rookie move. It was a mistake. I'm not going to post huge moves that I plan on doing in my competition anymore because what I've noticed is you're like, Oh, I've been working on this big move, blah, 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 blah. And then you're posting like, Oh, competition's coming up, whatever. And then all of a sudden there's someone over here who's never been working on that specific move. And all of a sudden, now that you're doing that move 24 seven, now all of a sudden they add that to their routine and, and you're just like, 
I kind of screwed myself over on that one. Sh- yeah, shared I've a always... little too much with the class. Right. See, whenever I used to compete, see, I, I this is why I don't compete anymore. I was so over competitive it was ridiculous when i used to compete i would never post stuff that was in my routine i would never post it i wouldn't even post little clips of it i wouldn't let anyone know the song the costume the moves that were going to be in it i would post because that's what i have to do for my job you know but i wouldn't there'd be nothing given away about what's going to be in it all of the skills that are going to be in it would be kept until the end because like you said you don't want people to know where you're at you don't want to know how strong your deadlift's looking you don't want to know if you're if you're working on a certain big move that's like you're correct you're like you're you know like you know like when you get like your hair done and like they're like okay here's like the money piece like you don't want to like show them like your money piece moment you don't want to show them like your big whatever and and that's that's something that i definitely noticed with this previous competition is i was seeing um moves worked on like leading up to it that 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 certain people were not working on at all until they saw like me start to work on specific moves and i was like well it's just my fault for oversharing and i wish that i i think i was a little i think i was just sometimes you can just be excited no i think it's i think it's unfortunate like sometimes as like a newbie and like as someone who's like not in the game as as i don't have the wisdom that i needed from daniel rosen in that moment i need i should have called you on the phone i should have said daniel what do you think about that but it's, do you know what? I don't know that it's as much of an issue now because, I don't know, back then there wasn't lots of people able to do, oh, I'm talking years and years ago, back when Phoenix was a new thing, there wasn't many people that were able to do it. So that's why it was a big wow move. But now, you know, if you were working on Broken Split, for example, well, you know, a lot of your competitors could probably or maybe even still find videos of Broken Split elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? So if they don't yeah, see you course. do it, they might see someone else do it. I think I was referring more to like when it's the specific competitors that are competing against you specifically, they're going to check yeah. on what you're working on because you're their competition. Um, exactly. And they are watching you. That's the thing. Because, and, you because know, you're right. Because I'm not the first person to do spatchcock. I am like a baby polar. Like I'm not the first person to do bird. That's shout out to Marla. Let's get her in here. Let's bring her back up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like it's it's we not, should have it's called not... this the Marlo podcast. Which we've just talked about how much we love Marlo. I much. love her. I love her so much. Oh, I love the her first too. time she's the best. The first time I ever got Bird of Paradise, I remember I like tagged her in the video, and I was like, "This is like Bird of Paradise was my ultimate dream move, like my dream pull move." And I remember like tagging her in it, and she like commented on it and liked it, and I was like, "Marlo, oh my god!" Like I like fangirled out. I like acted as if like Lady Gaga gave me like backstage passes to her concert. I like freaked out. I was like, <laughs> "That's awesome!" Yeah, no, I I really like Marlo. Marlo's good. So um, no, but I think I think that I I like what you said about when you competed. Like you kind of just didn't share anything and didn't share your song. And I think sometimes I can be, and and I think I think it's it's sad because I'm just like a super social person, and I think sometimes that can be like taken advantage of almost like people can be like, oh, like he'll tell he'll tell me anything. So like, what's in your combo or like what are you doing? And it's like it almost becomes like a little bit of like you like inadvertently overshare just because like people just take advantage of the fact that you just love being open, like an open book sort so to speak. So I'm definitely gonna take a page out of Dan's book for this next competition, and I won't be posting absolutely anything about what i'm going to be doing yeah Yeah, just try and keep your keep your cards close to your chest i think and just you know and then see what happens all the day so just put your best foot forward and don't let anyone know where you're at Mm. um 
I'm conscious of time, but I, there's still a couple of things I want to talk about. So what do you think about people who say, because when it comes to competitions, there's loads of things that I hate about it. But one, things I, one thing that I do really hate is when people say, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to go stay and have some fun. I don't care if I don't win. I'm not there to win. I'm there because I just want to, you know, show people what I can do and have a great time. I'm like, I'm like, bitch, come on. This is a competition. This isn't a showcase. Like, if you wanted no. to do a show, go to a fucking <laughs> showcase, babe. There was a girl, there was a girl who did that exact, exact little skit you just did. There was a girl who did that at this last competition and she got first place in her category. And it was so, I'm just, and this is, I think, and this is one of the things that we both have in common. And this is why me and Dan connected people because I'm, well, well, no, because I think one of the things is I'm very blunt and I'm very straightforward. And I'm just like, this is what it is. This is the situation. I feel like you're also very blunt. And I can't stand like the fake like ooh like oh like I like can't stand that like I would rather I would rather be like an overshare like I wasn't be like yeah and I'm putting spatchcock in and this one like I'd rather be like that person than mm. than to the whole oh like you know I'm kind of just like here to just like exist and just like see what happens see where the wind takes me because literally she like got off stage and like came backstage and everyone was like how did it go and she was like you know. I just like got out there and just had like fun. There's like sweat dripping off of her brow. She's like, right. I just, you know, it's just like, I just like felt like I was just having fun. I just felt like, you know, not like your everyday girl. I was just like a chilled, like relaxed girl. I was like, Oh my God, I can't. <laughs> and then no. And then once they get the gold medal, they're like, what? Really? Me? Like, <laughs> Literally. So oh. there was a specific person who was very, um, how do I put this? Um, there's confident and then there's the cocky. There was this really cocky person who um, was just basically just like showed up and was like, I'm getting first period, which by the way, we love that. Like we love that energy. See like, so this, this person was kind of on the opposite side of the whole, like they, they were not yeah. saying I'm just here for fun. They were like, I'm here to kill you all. And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I like that. I like that. So like, I liked that energy. Now here's where the plot twist happens. When that person got a sp- specific placement, they did the whole thing that this other girl did. Why? Like, really like what stop it like um are my ears working and it's like no like you should be able to just own it like i totally agree with you it's not a showcase like you work really hard and here's the thing both of those people deserved it both of those people rightfully deserved it they practiced until they bled like those those people deserved it but you're right i think whenever i hear the whole "Mm," i'm just like here to just like you know maybe play like cornhole and just like have a splash have like a laugh like no you're not you're here it's cutthroat this is like this is like this is this is intense this is the moment it needs, it needs to be friendly it needs to be fun still of course you know we're here yeah. to have fun yeah we can still have fun and be competitive and it's okay you know and i hate when people are super competitive and they don't talk to any of the other competitors and stuff it's just horrible i hate that but you know there's nothing wrong with going to a competition and being competitive that's why you entered the competition because you mm-hmm. wanted to compete with the best and you wanted to prove that you are good enough to be with them you know and Absolutely. i don't see why that should be a problem but it bothers me when people you know and and don't wrong like everyone deals with their nerves in different ways you know like different people deal with their nerves in different ways and for some people they may just be like you know i'm going to downplay it so that 
it makes me less nervous because if I say that I'm here just for fun it takes away from the fact that I've actually got to really try my hardest and try and win this gig um you know whereas I'd rather just be like you know what I'm going to try my best and let's hope that I wish they'd just be like if they don't want to be like yeah I'm going to win I'm going to do great I'd rather just be like do you know what I'm really nervous, but I'm going to try my best because I've really worked hard on this routine. I hope it's amazing. And I hope the judges like it too, because, you know, I'd love mm -hmm. to do well. Just be honest. You don't that's, have to be like, oh, that's I'm going to win. That's exactly what I said, actually, when I got there. I literally was like, listen, y'all, I'm just going to try my hardest. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like laughing backstage and everything. I'm like, I'm just going to try. I mean, what else can you do? You just got to try your hardest and put yourself out there and see what happens. One thing I always say when I'm backstage is I'm like, I always say to people, I'm like, why do we do this to ourselves? Like, how oh, do you... everyone was saying that the whole time. Like, everyone oh. was like, why are we here? <laughs> like, why? I just, and because I get to the day and I'm like, <laughs> you know, a bit TMI here, but I'm literally like, I've got the worst, like, shit ever. I'm shitting all day because I just can't stop doing nervous shits. Like, I swear to God. <laughs> me and Sam King, actually. So, Sam King, love you, babe. Uh, me and Sam King, whenever we compete, we always have to take wet wipes. And there was like, we always got our freaking wet wipes ready. We're ready because we know we are just going to be shitting all day because we're just nervous. The adrenaline and, Oh, perfect. Oh, perfect. Like so this is actually really great y'all because this is really nice to know it's not just me i was absolutely also shitting i was just like this is i like went to the bathroom like 12 times i was like i was like i'm freaking out you know when you're like at the side of the stage and you're like and, and you're about to go and you're like i feel like i need to pee and you're like no you don't need to pee because you yeah. did go to pee just before you yeah. went down but and all of a sudden you're like i need to pee and you're like oh my god like what if i like piss myself on stage <laughs> Of course, you're like you're a pitch, not gonna you have like yourself. a pitch perfect moment. No, right, exactly. I, just throwing I'm, up on stage. My thing I do before I go on stage is first of all, I can't look at whoever's on stage. Like I can't watch because like I like I'll just like get in my head and be like, oh, maybe I should. Like, uh, Want to know what it is? It's because I'm so competitive. So if they if they like did like a variation of something, I'll look at it and I'll be like, maybe I should try that on the spot. Like I can't. I I don't trust myself. I just go like this. I'm like, nope. I gotta like horse blinders. I'm like, I'm not gonna watch because I'm like, Andy, stick to the script. Stick to the script. Stick yeah. to the script. See but my thing is I like drench my body and dry hands before I go on stage. My like you, you have to pee before you go on stage. I, I when I get nervous, my palms sweat. So I'm like, there's not enough dry hands. I have like I have like a gallon. I'm like pouring like shit in my hands. Do you know what? What a funny story. I actually really badly fucked my hair up once with <laughs> So I thought of this really clever technique, right? That I thought, you know what? This is such a great idea because this will really help. And it did help on the day. So I didn't put any products in my hair for this routine. And I did like, I think it was a Spider-Man routine. But back when I first started competing, I was really suffering with hypohydrosis. My hands were really sweaty. I mean, even just sat here now, they're a bit clammy just because the yeah. room's warm and because they just feel like doing it. Do you know what I mean? So they do no, get me quite too. sweaty. I have, I have very naturally sweaty hands. <laughs> I was on stage and I had choreographed into my routine. When I went into my Remy and my layback, I reached my hands through my hair and then grabbed and then pulled down and grabbed back onto the pole. So I thought I'm going to put dry hands in my fringe. So I doused my hair in dry hands. Well, <laughs> FYI, people do not put dry hands in your hair because it dries it fucking out. Oh my God, my hair was so dry. I had to like put overnight conditioner on it. It was fucked. Like, it, was literally, 
Not it overnight like conditioner. Oh my god, it felt like it was fried. It was horrible. Guys, this, it, yeah, this, so. isn't, this isn't just the Daniel Rosen Andrew Alvarado podcast about competition. This is also <laughs> sponsored by your local hair hair salon near you. And this is yeah, yeah. a few tips. A few hands. tips on what a few tips on what not to do if your hair is a little dry this summer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you do, don't put dry hands in it because it does, funnily enough, dry your hair out. <laughs> L'Oreal, L'Oreal does not approve. Not sponsored by L'Oreal. Um <laughs> No, what's, it's. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, what's the worst thing to have ever happened to you on stage? Have you had anything embarrassing happen? Have you slipped or tripped over or like um, missed the pole? No, the, I mean, I've only competed twice. So what happened is the first combo I went into. It's funny because if someone said to me, like, what is the what is a move that you love, but it's your least favorite move that you love, like you hate it. I fucking hate Gennaro, but I love it. Like, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it, but I love it. Um, it's one of those moves that like, I can only do it on my left side. I can't do it on my right side. And um, what happened is I had learned how to do Gennaro on spin. And my first competition, I had done Gennaro always on spin, always. like. And you, if you can't tell from my Insta, I like a spin moment. I don't really like a lot of static. <laughs> um, so I, was, I, I decided to end my piece doing Gennaro on static. Well, my body didn't really like that. So I like went to go do Gennaro and I like fell, I, not like fell, but you know, rolled Came off down. of my, rolled off right. of my arm, but, but caught myself in an inconspicuous way and just quickly was like, oh shit, like I have to like throw in another, because that was going to be my ending move. I was like, I have to throw something else in really quick to end like with a like, like nice extension. So I like threw like bow and arrow split in its place, like in two seconds. I was like, why well, can't end like that? So that was embarrassing. And then for my last competition, I didn't have any slips or fall out of anything, which was fabulous. But what, but no one else knows this, but now everyone's going to, who cares? Um, what happened was uh, my very last move I was going to do is I was going to end the song with an Aisha backflip, like, and go right, right into it. Cause that's one of my favorite, that's actually a move on static I like, but what I didn't realize is anytime I've ever practiced Aisha flip, it's kind of something I do towards the beginning of my practice. And it's not something I do like towards the end. So it was going to be my last move I did. And my forearms, like my forearms were so burnt Pumped. out from all the invert, like, like they were like fire, yeah. like they were fire. Mm -hmm. And I just remember I grabbed the pole and just, just from closing your fist, like actually my forearms are sore from practice the other day, just from going like this, like my forearms just like yelled. I'm like, ow. I remember I grabbed the pole and just in my, you know, when you, you're about to do a move and your body's just like, no, I went, I was about to do a move and my body was like, no, you're not going to do that, sweetie. So yeah, like sweetie. a fucking, like a fucking idiot. I just like threw I'm in championship level. I've done like spatchcock, like regrips, like I'm doing Afongis. And then I end my competition with a fucking upside down crucifix, like an idiot. Like I was like, uh, I would have been better off, Dan, just going like this, like, just like in like extension, just like presenting to like the audience. And I'm like, yeah. I have to end in an invert. So I just like did a fucking ugly ass crucifix. <laughs> and I looked like Jesus, like as he was getting crucified. It was like it was a bad, it was a bad look, and and I like but extended. What made the you? But what made you put that move? So okay, so I've got a question for you then, because when you were doing your run throughs, were you able to do that move at the end of the routine, or did you not do a full run through of the full thing? So because this is 
the behind the scenes podcast and because we we tell no lies at this table this is where we spill all the tea so unfortunately i never actually got to run my whole piece through start to finish but let me explain why because before everyone goes you should have practiced more no 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 <laughs> let me explain let me explain why because and my the people where's where, where are my polls where my where's my poll studio affiliates they can attest to this my <laughs> poll studios ac has not been working very well and um, I don't know about the UK, but in here on the East Coast, it's been like 90 plus degree weather right. every fucking day. And my pole studio, if you've seen it, has all the open windows. So there's natural sunlight beaming in the studio in the day. The AC wasn't working. It's 100 degrees outside. And I would look at the thermostat before I've even stretched, guys. I haven't even moved yet. I look at the thermostat stat, and it would say 75. So... I was slipping left and right, just climbing, like not even doing anything. Like I was slipping, like I went to do a layback, Dan, and I had so much sweat on on my legs that I just was like sliding down. So I never got to run my whole piece through because of literally the weather and my, <laughs> my studio's AC. So I think that if I had run it all through in a controlled temperature setting where where it wasn't just straight up about like well from a physics standpoint you're not going to stick to the pole because your body's aspirating um i think if i was in a space where i could have run it i would have realized that that probably shouldn't be put at the end and i would have done done something else i probably would have done it in the beginning but you know what i try not to get too upset if if a move doesn't work out or something because then you just put it in the next one and then if anything i just try to think of it as great that's one less new move i have to come up with for the new combo <laughs> like i'm like no one's seen it before in a compo in a competition so perfect um no but i did think it was so funny every time i watch it dan like at once once the actual video i get like the professional video i'll post it but you'll just you'll laugh so hard i, I do like all these crazy tricks like spatchcock, yeah. fonji, like all these things. And then I just end the routine in a fucking upside down crucifix and it looks so fucking stupid. I should have just literally just stood there and just like presented like my arm or something and just called it a day, but no. It was what it was. My forearms were like, we're, we're burnt out. We're burnt out. My, my forums were like, there's been a lot of inflation in the economy and also in the muscle department, just a lot of inflation. Like my forums were just not having it by the end of it. But um, I'm very excited that this next competition I'll be doing is in the winter where um, I won't be sweating my ass off in the studio practicing. So I, I, I definitely say a takeaway from this is I prefer winter competitions because you're just drier and, and you're less sweaty and... <laughs> I mean, you know, you know how it is. Sweat plays a huge factor. You could, you could be not even tired at all, but if you're sweaty, you're just not going to stick to the pole. At that point, it has nothing to do with like strength or mobility or agility. It just has to do with like, you're just not going to stick to it. It's that simple. Um, but luckily something I loved yeah. about the competition is the room that it was in was the temperature was extremely regulated. So the temperature and the competent, that's why I made it through the whole combo without slipping. Cause um, what's, what's crazy is, my last thing I'll say about the run through is when I was doing the, the piece, I wasn't even making it through the first section sometimes because of how hot it was like the first right. section. But then that's why when I was, when I was in a, a, a room with controlled temperature, I breezed through, you know, 90% of the whole thing without, you know, any issues, but yeah, oh. it was a bad idea to end with that. It was a bad idea. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things as well. Like this is why, 
I would, if I did ever compete again, I'd always avoid like summer ones, especially now because it's just so hot. Like we had the worst summer in terms of heat. So, I mean, fuck entering competitions in that heat. But um, <laughs> do you know what? I feel like there's still so much stuff that we, we, I wanted to cover about competitions, but like there's just so many different sort of like levels to it. And for anyone listening to this, I'm going to do a little plug now. I'm in the process of making a course where you can learn all the elements you need to learn about competing so please keep an eye out for that because i feel like i've done it for so many years now i've got so many opinions on it and so many things that will help you things that i had to learn along the way so yeah i really hope that that'll be of use to some people but yeah andy it's been so nice to talk to you i wish we could just keep talking forever it's been so fun have you enjoyed know, it? it really is <laughs> It's been fun. It's I've been enjoy- lots I've, of fun. I've quite, I've quite enjoyed it. But you know what? There has been a lot of drama recently and a lot of cancelling <laughs> and a lot of upset. <laughs> you were obsessed with that clip. For anyone who's like, what is he talking about? I did a clip a long time ago and he has <laughs> saved it. He has saved it, it to his my phone. phone. It literally, like, didn't you put it as your ringtone or something at one point? I did oh, yeah. a video I- and I was like, the beginning of the video was like, hi guys there's been a lot of drama recently a lot of cancelling and he was like oh my god this is iconic and he's literally recorded it and then it's just like upset every time i say something he'll send me the clip of that i'm like dan Dan, (laughs) dan you don't understand ask any of my friends they all know they all know it they like my we'll we'll be out at like the club or something and like some guy will try to talk to like one of my girlfriends and she'll like she'll like get rid of him and she'll be like uh, well, there's been a lot of drama recently and a lot of canceling and a lot of, like my friends say, like, you need to like patent, like I, I'm going to make us shirts when we meet in Vegas that have that quote on it. Okay. We're going to take a picture. Like I, you need to patent this, this quote. I should actually, do you know, I need to put it on t-shirts or something because that's a very good thing. And you know, everything I normally do, it normally gets put on some sort of merchandise. So hey, why not this? Even my, even my mom knows it. If my mom has like a bad day, I'll be like, how was work? And she'll be like, she'll, she'll use the British accent. She'll be like, well, there was a lot of drama recently and a lot, and she'll do like the whole thing. And I'll be like, stop mom. Like, oh, I love it. See, I'm going viral. <laughs> yes. You're always going viral. Oh, well, it was so nice talking to you. I'd love to chat to you again sometime. So maybe we'll have to reschedule something for later in the year for us to talk more about more competitions. I felt like we probably covered like a quarter of what we wanted to do. I know. Yeah. I like wrote several things down in my notes that I didn't even get to. I'm like, whatever. I know. It's like, it's like the move, so it's like the move I never hit at the end of my competition. I'll just get it next time. We'll add it to the, <laughs> add it yeah, to the exactly. Too soon. Too soon. Maybe not. No, actually. <laughs> There's no such thing as too soon in my book, as you can tell. <laughs> too soon doesn't exist. I'm like, there's like that viral clip of like Wendy Williams, like talk, talking shit about this like TikToker and like her producer's like, no, 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 no. She passed away. And Wendy goes, oh, she passed away. Mm. Anyway, so on Tuesday, and then she just breezes over it. Like that's, that's me to a T. I, know, I like, think, I think I saw it and I think she was like, oh, and he has so many followers. That's such a waste. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's oh. that's my kind of gal right there. Just straight to the point. Like no Love no her. rules, no rules. <laughs> I'll probably get canceled for this again, but whatever. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It was lovely talking to you, and I'll see you again. So I'll see you in Vegas. See you then. Yes. Bye. Bye. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Really hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can always DM me and give me any feedback on the episodes. Let me know what you want to hear in the future. Let me know what you liked and didn't like about it. And remember, if you go and give me five stars on whatever streaming platform you're listening to me on, give me five stars, screenshot it, DM it to me, and you'll be entered into a draw to win lots of Polo's goodies. So see you on the next podcast. That was all the tea that you can get this week. Join me next time right here. It's the we.